All right, guys, welcome back to Wad at the Pod. Guys, we have a very, very special guest. If you guys don't, if you guys, if any of you, any of you uh, OGs know him from the uh, the OG days of CrossFit, you know him. You, he, you probably led led your level one if you know him today. You know him as Boz, the head judge, the the king of the no rep, uh, if you may. Uh, Boz, thanks for taking the time to hop on the show. Hey, man, it's my pleasure. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. What's uh, what, what's been going on with you post games? Well, it's really just a big planning phase for us at this point. You know, we've got a virtual competition coming up at the end of October, which is cool. Everybody should sign up for that. Lift, move, work. It'll be fun. Um, so getting that up and running was uh, kind of a big push. But now that that's ready to go, it's really just eyes on the 2022 season. Um, you know, post games, we try to take stock of what happened during the year. How could we do it better? What were some of the things that we did well? What were some of the things that we kind of missed on? And then uh, try to push that forward into 2022. So, yeah, we're, we're making some final decisions about how the season looks for each division of athletes. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get some of that stuff out public uh, pretty shortly. Awesome. I just ran through yeah. the, the workout and the strength for lift, for lift, move, work. And that workout oh, cool. is extremely spicy. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize <laughs> right yeah. I, I finished my first round and looked at the clock and it was like, around a minute somewhere and I was like, <laughs> like no nope, no nope, this is not <laughs> how I how mistake. I this is not how I imagine this workout to go so uh yeah guys uh, if you're listening sign up it is it's a fun workout you get to lift some weight you do get to do some gymnastics and their scales highly highly recommend just to give yourself some type of competition if that's that's the route that you want to go if not it's just just a fun workout um yep. What were your thoughts on the games this year? I know from my from my perspective as a as a mega fan, um, I thought everything ran extremely well. Um, I really liked. I selfishly I liked the named workouts, so seeing the events was kind of hard to maneuver around. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was all the workouts were fun. They all looked really well. I thought the fans were rocking. Um, it was just it was great to see live competition again. But what were what were your thoughts as you know one of the the head hunches of the games? Yeah, I think similar to what you just said, everybody was really excited to be on site. Um, you know, the games are such like a family reunion of sorts. You see so many people coming through that have been in those volunteer roles for years. You see athletes that have been coming through for years, um, fans, you know, all, all of that to just add to this really cool atmosphere that unfortunately we hadn't been able to do for a while. So it really did feel good to have everybody there um, and be able to do it. Uh, it also felt like a little bit of ring rust, you know, if I'm honest about it. We uh, hadn't done an event to that scale um, since 2019. So getting your feet underneath you a little bit um, on some of the lead up days was really important. Uh, you know, there's some things that you just, it's not that you take them for granted, but having done it for so many years, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, we're just going to do that. It's going to be routine. You, you haven't stopped and considered the fact that you haven't been there for a little bit more than you thought. So it did take a little bit to get in the groove, but I think once we were there and rocking and rolling, I mean, yeah, the outcome was great. And I, I tell you like the support from the community and the reaction from the athletes, um, I've heard so many good things, so many, you know, positive remarks about that. Some legitimate critiques as well, which is fine. You know, we always strive to push that event a little bit further um, every year and we'll, we'll continue to do that. But yeah, it was, it was great. I think overall, it was a huge win to get back in Madison and do the thing. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I'd love to give you some feedback, but I don't know how much goes into that. So <laughs> I thought it ran really well. Um, you guys can probably go back and watch each event and say, gosh, darn it, we messed up here, 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 here. And so uh, that's but, always the case. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny, absolutely. you know, like anytime you anytime you do something on a personal level, I think that that's always the case, right? Like if you're really invested in it, that's usually the response is like you pick out all the little foibles and you're like, ah, oh, man, we really the outsider looking in is like, what do you mean? It looked great. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for, I'm stoked for everything coming out for the rest of the year. And obviously I'm always excited for the open. So I just can't wait to see everything coming out for that, but we still have some time yeah, for that. Too. Um, Boz, for those who don't know your history with CrossFit, take us back to pre-CrossFit, kind of what you were doing before oh, that and what, and what led you in. Um, Cause I know I've listened to a couple of podcasts with you and I actually didn't realize how deep your roots go with, with CrossFit. So for those who haven't listened to any episode or to yeah. any show that, you, that you've been on, uh, let, let them know. Yeah, sounds good. I, um, I got really lucky. You know, I was living in California at the time. Um, I moved to California in 2004 and that was right around the time I found the CrossFit website. And so I would just dabble with some of the workouts on my own. I had a kettlebell at the time. I had uh, access to Golden Gate Park. Um, I was I was pretty active anyway. I had a gym membership. I was interested in things like powerlifting and, and weightlifting. So I, I kind of had a bit of a grounding in some of the key pieces of CrossFit. And so I stumbled across the website and I read what is fitness and it really clicked for me. I thought, wow, this is really cool stuff. So I started playing around with it a little bit on my own, found uh, another friend of mine, a good friend of mine to this day, um, who we started working out together. Uh, we thought at the time we're like, we're definitely the only people in San Francisco doing this. You know what I mean? And, um, saved up a little bit of money, did my level one in early 2006. It was, yeah, spring of two, or February, 2006, I think. Uh, and then immediately after that, I fell in with Kelly Starrett and started coaching at San Francisco CrossFit. Um, I've been doing a little your, bit of personal training. Who was, who, who, who was that? You're a, you're a level one. I did the last three day format level one. And so back then, they were way looser than they are now. It was like, <laughs> like Greg Glassman would get up there and he would talk a little bit. And, you know, the lectures were, the material was all there, but it wasn't broken out the same way. It wasn't as refined. Um, it was three days and Greg would get up and talk and then he'd be like, okay, let's work out. And everybody would work out. And then we'd come back and he'd be like, all right, let's talk about some other stuff and let's work out. And so we worked out like three, four times a day every day we had all these uh kind of specialty people there i think it was the first time uh rip might have been involved in in one of the seminars um i know mike rutherford one of the guys who used to do a lot with dumbbells was there uh coach bergen was there of course john hackleman from the pit who used to do a lot of like cross cross pit kind of fight integration stuff was there um who else there was there was a bunch of old schoolers like that i know annie was there um nicole carroll annie sakamoto nicole carroll Eva T, uh, they were all there. So, I mean, it was a pretty amazing experience. And That's I came awesome. home from that and I was just like mind blown, <laughs> and, you know. Um, but, it, and I say I was lucky for a reason. I mean, number one, I, I stumbled across the, the website so early, but number two, I was living in San Francisco. And at the time, you know, the, the CrossFit gym was in Santa Cruz and there weren't that many affiliates. I mean, there really was only a handful um, across the United States. There certainly weren't any international affiliates. Um, and so from my house to, you know, the original CrossFit gym, it wasn't CrossFit Santa Cruz, it was just CrossFit. Um, it was like an hour and 15 minutes. And so I would just get on my motorcycle and, and go down there once in a while. It was, it was that accessible. You know, I just, I just went. 
Um, and so, yeah, after getting my level one and falling in with Kelly, uh, starting to coach there a little bit, had the opportunity to um, help the seminar staff. They were expanding at the time. So I jumped in, started doing that. And by 2007, I was working on the seminar team. And uh, by 2008, I was uh, helping to grow and, and, and lead some of the teams within that. So yeah, it just uh, really just snowballed. That's awesome. How was, how was that transition onto seminar stuff? Cause it's, you know, uh, there for a little bit when I'd found out that the Jason Kleepas, the Rich Fronings had all Matt Chan had all been on Chris Spieler had all been on South. They're all games athletes. My initial thought was, Oh, they're just doing it to help to promote it basically to get people to sign up. And now that I've, I've been in CrossFit more, I know people on staff. I know that they don't just hire anybody. They don't just bring anybody on. You have to, you have to, yep. even if you know the people, you have to be legit. So what was that transition like? Was it easy? Was it hard? Was it, um, was it just a lot of sitting back and learning before they even let you say hello or? Um, you know, <clears throat> for me, I, I'm trying to think back and, and do it justice because it has been a few years. I'm getting older now. So my, my mind isn't what it used to be, you know, but, <laughs> or something like that. Um, I, it was all those things. It was easy in the sense that it was all that I wanted to do at that time. Like that was I was just like, yeah, whatever this looks like, I want to be involved. And I didn't really have an expected outcome. I just knew that this is what I wanted to be around. And so I just tried to be around it. Um, so it was easy in that regard. Uh, I was going to do it no matter what. Didn't matter if I was getting paid, not getting paid, doing it on my own time, doing it locally, doing it on a large scale. I was just, I was just wanting to be involved. Um, hard in the sense that like, it definitely took a refinement of skill set um, to be good at that particular job, you know, like even if you're good coaching at a one-on-one or, or, a, an environment that you're comfortable with being in front of a new group every week, it takes a certain skill set to be able to do that and do that well, that I, I don't think is, um, something that most people just have inherently, you have to train up for that, you know? So hard in that regard, hard in, in the regard that I remember, you know, Dave Kasher was, uh, with me during most of the seminars that I was interning. And, and uh, at that time, like, I, I don't really know what Dave saw in me because I think we were pretty opposite. Like we're friends at this point, you know, I've known him forever. Um, <laughs> but I was the blue haired kid from San Francisco, you know, and he was the, <laughs> the Navy guy with the super discipline and all this. And so we couldn't have been more different as far as our background, but I think he saw something in me. Um, all that to say, he was not afraid to shoot me straight and you know, some of the feedback was, we'll say it was very direct at that time. Uh, but all, you know, it just, it, it really did make the team better. Um, and I think it's exactly what needed to happen. So yeah, easy in the sense that I, it was all I wanted to do difficult in the sense that it took new skills and, and kind of, you know, some real self-reflection on how to make yourself best for the role. Um, yeah, that it, yeah, it's a mix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's kind of rambly, but you no, you're it. fine. No, and I, I actually think the way I think I've, I don't, I've never heard somebody explain it like that, you know, and speaking in front of a new crowd every week, I think you, for people who still don't really understand people who coach, but still don't really understand that. I think a good way to equate it is think about the very first time that you coached at your gym for the first time, but then yep. you don't, you don't have stage fright, but you still have that pit in your, right. in your set. You don't have, <laughs> yeah. you still have that pit in your stomach of, holy moly, like this is the very first time that I'm talking in front of these people. Like they're listening to yeah. me. They're, they're expecting to get some, some knowledge bombs from me and I have to 
So, oh man, thinking about that was starting to make me sick a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, there's a lot of responsibility there, right? Like you're taking somebody's vision and you're trying to bring that to life for the next generation of people to get inspired and, and like be invested in it. So there's a lot of responsibility there. And then there's just a practical responsibility too. Like people are taking a lot of time and money to show up at these seminars and you, you don't want to be the one that's responsible for a negative experience that they have. You know, you certainly want to make sure that they're feeling like this was money and time well spent. This is something that I absolutely found value in and that, you know, there's unquestionably worth it for me to be here. And I think everybody on the seminar staff to this day really takes that as a personal responsibility, which I think is awesome. It's, it's one of the coolest things yeah. to see on that seminar team, you know, like everybody you meet from that team is just so passionate about doing the job as best as they possibly can. It's cool. Yeah, I agree. No, uh, I've, I've taken my, I actually had to take my, my level one twice. Um, it was, that was a hot mess of attempts. It was, I almost <laughs> want to say it was embarrassing, but I mean, I do think that it made, it made me a better person for it. Um, yeah. it made me a better, definitely made me a better coach. I, I've read the level one guidebook probably without needing to do it for the, for my job, probably more than anybody. <laughs> um, but, and I just took my level two last year, but even from, you know, oh, right all yeah. three experiences, um, I always left every time knowing that, that like, you could just tell that those people cared and it is, yeah. it is yeah. truly, it's, it's such a great experience. If you go in there wanting to have a good experience, my very first time yeah. I, you know, I just wanted to coach and I thought that I had already knew everything. So I was just like, Oh, I don't need to listen to this when I finally just decided, you know, what, we're just going to take the level one over again so we can pass this friggin' test. I finally just sat back and listened, And that was my eye opener of like, Oh my gosh, like, these people want to change the world, like not the methodology, the methodology does and is, but these coaches and these trainers, they want to change the world. Like they want the, all of yeah. us in our level <clears throat> one to be on staff, to just continue to grow it and get touch across it to more parts of the world. And so they're just, I mean, they're some of the, the best people in the planet or on the planet. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And I felt so lucky to be a part of that team, you know, in the early days and helping to grow it <clears throat> over the years and, and see it expand. And I mean, it was, um, is very bittersweet when I stepped away from that. You know, I, I've worn many hats over the years working for CrossFit, and it just got to a point in 2018 where I was getting pulled in too many directions and spread a little bit too thin. So, you know, it was like, all right, I, it's time to step away from from that particular role. And uh, it was hard. It was hard to, uh, as much as I enjoyed what I moved into doing, it was really difficult to step away from that team. You know, like that team environment was really, really cool to to be a part of. So going back a little bit, uh, what was it like working with Kelly Starr? Because I think, I think from, from my understanding, he kind of, I don't know if CrossFit kicked him out, kicked him out for people who are listening to this air quotes, you know, they, for, they kind of kicked him out or he stepped back, whatever. He wasn't working with CrossFit anymore. Now he's finally, I say finally, it seems like he's getting welcomed back into the community from a training um, CrossFit health standpoint. Um, but what was it like working with him? And, and is it San Francisco CrossFit or CrossFit San Francisco? San Francisco first. Yeah, okay. San, San Francisco, Francisco CrossFit, yeah. Yeah, so what was it like working with him at San Francisco CrossFit? And what's it like going from coaching at your affiliate to, to coaching over the weekend? Because while they're, you're coaching yeah. at both, I feel like from, the out, from an outsider's perspective, there's a, little bit, there's a little bit of differences, but overall it is still coaching, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I think there's some pretty big um, distinctions, though, and, and important differences to highlight. Uh, number one, working with Kelly was great. I mean, it was early days for both of us. You know, he was still in physical therapy school. 
Uh, he had just had his first daughter, which is mind blowing because I see them, you know, basically grown up now and it just blows my mind. But anyway, um, and so, you know, when I met Kelly, he was running uh, San Francisco CrossFit basically on his own, him and his wife, Juliet. And they would have one class a day because that was all their schedule could, uh, could afford at the time. They were just so busy with other things. So it was literally like Monday, Wednesday, Friday was a 6 a.m. class. And then Tuesday, Thursday was a 6 p.m. class. And then they'd, they would have like a one time Saturday kind of deal. And that was that. And so I did my level one. I met him. I, I went and uh, hung out at the affiliate, which was really just a, an outdoor play box for us. We were in a parking lot in the back of a sporting goods store. And we had two at the time, just one Connex container full of gear. We drag it out during the day and then put it all back in when we were done. And that was it. Um, but it was great. You know, it was super loose. Everybody was really inspired just to be a part of this new thing. Um, you know, CrossFit was very undefined at the point, at that point, as far as like the culture wasn't really set yet. There wasn't like an expectation of what an affiliate needed to be. Um, there wasn't this kind of modeling available because it just didn't exist anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think sometimes now newer people go into a, a, an affiliate and they expect what's well, got to be this massive 10,000 square foot facility. It has to have all this nice equipment. It's got to have all these amenities like that just didn't exist, you know? So we really were, I don't know. It kind of felt like the wild West uh, in the best possible way. Um, and you know, Kelly is so energetic and so enthusiastic. Um, he was, he was a great kind of partner to, to get involved with at that level. So yeah, it was awesome. There's some great, great times out there with, uh, with that crew and, and Kelly and yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, I and oh, I hold am on, from... I forgot. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> I good. Say, I, I just forgot to answer your question about uh, uh, coaching. The the big distinction that I see is that when you are coaching in your affiliate or like with the people that you know, you have the benefit of like more time. So I know, like, okay, Brady, you're going to show up to the gym. You're going to be there a couple times a week. I know that we can hammer stuff out over the course of you know your lifetime as a member. Um, I don't have that luxury when I'm in front of somebody for. A, a weekend, you know, I'm like, I got two days and that's it. That's my time to make a mark on you. And hopefully you take something from that and you can, you can use it forever. Um, but so the time to kind of get in and um, create some rapport and hopefully impart something important, like you just don't have it. So you really have to be concise with, with your messaging and your queuing and all of that. And it's not to say that that doesn't trickle into uh, what you're doing in the affiliate, but it's just a very different circumstance when you know all I've got is this short window of time and I may never see this person ever again in my life. So just different scenario. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, that's good. I like, no, I love it. I think, uh, I think you're hundred percent right. I think you if you, the goal is to never lack, but if you just have a, you know, maybe you're just, you know, uh, maybe you got into a fender bender, you know, an hour before, before right. you're, you're, you're going to coach, you just, you don't, you're just haven't had the best morning or the best day or whatever sure. you're coaching. Um, but you know, you're coaching Wednesday. So two days from now, you have that time to see those members again and pick it back up and make up for that Monday. While just like you said, at, at the level one or at the level, whichever seminar you're at, um, you're, you're, you're with them for two days, really less than two yeah. hours, like seven hours each day. So you gotta, you, you gotta hit, you gotta hit them where they know. Yeah, absolutely. And well, and I think that's one of the things that's so beneficial about the affiliate though, on the flip side of that is that you can build that um, rapport with people. You can build a relationship with people. And over time you start to really understand like, okay, what are they struggling with? What do they need help with? Where have they been and where are they, where are they now? Um, you know, that's not as evident 
when you only have a short window with people. So I don't know, man, coaching at the affiliate is really cool in that regard. Cause you can see somebody who's just so fresh when they, when they come in and raw and, you know, technique isn't so great. Maybe they're working through some lifestyle things that uh, they don't have quite, you know, figured out yet. You fast forward six months or a year and it's like, man, they're a different person. So it's very cool to be a part of that in the long term. Yeah, I agree. Give me some of your, uh, give me at least uh, one coaching pet peeve from your time working, coaching and helping Kelly open, you know, run San Francisco CrossFit and being on seminar staff. Like what's, what's one pet peeve that you see? They don't have to be young trainers. I feel like young trainers kind of get a pass. <laughs> I feel like young, within, yeah, if you're coaching enough. within yeah. a year, you kind of get a pass. Yeah. But you're what's, still, you're you know, still figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so totally what's, you, what's a, what's a big pet peeve of yours? Um, I'll, okay. I'll give you three. One, one just kind of popped into my mind as you're talking about that. Number one, uh, older trainers that refuse to continue adapting, I think is a big one. You know, ah, I got to figure it out or whatever. It's just kind of lazy. So that's a pet peeve. Um, a second one is a really simple one. This has to do with demo demonstration. And we harp on this a lot at the level two, but um, people forget that when you're explaining something verbally, it's really difficult to conceptualize that. You're like, you're one step removed from the thing itself. You're, it's a proxy. Your verbiage is a proxy for what the thing actually is. So show it first, provide the roadmap and then start to describe the directions on that roadmap. It's so simple, but people miss the boat on that all the time. They wanna start talking about the snatch without somebody ever seeing the snatch. It's like, you, you can't describe it, show it first and then break it down. So that's the second one. Um, and then the third one, what was my third one? Um, oh yeah, it, it, it's, it has to do with this concept of acquiring experience as a coach and then implying that your gained experience transfers over to those in front of you. And that happens unconsciously. And so what I mean by that is, you know, you're four or five years into your coaching career and a new person walks into the door, it's easy to forget that they've never seen an air squat before. And so your approach is through the five-year coach lens, not the day one, don't know what you're talking about lens. So assuming knowledge when people come in and not taking things right from the foundational level is a big pet peeve of mine. I think the best coaches can simplify and clarify, not obfuscate and confuse. I also think uh, a very simple answer to your, to, I, I know exactly what you're saying in all three of those, but for the third one, a very simple answer uh, is just ask them a question. Say, oh, is this your first time doing CrossFit? And when they say, yeah. yes, I'm freaking out, be like, perfect. This is our warm up. I'm going to walk you right through it. And then yeah. they're like, yeah. Then that athlete is like, they, they're just so decompressed. I've seen it. I, you know, I've been coaching, oh, since, yeah. I've been, yeah, I've been coaching since 2018. I'm coming up on, or I just had my three year coach anniversary. I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm making it a thing. <laughs> it pending. is now. Uh, patent pending. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I've had, I've literally had members brand spanking new come in first day. And I yeah. said, Oh, is this your first time at, at the gym or CrossFit or what? This is my first time doing anything. And you can tell that they're nervous because out of all the things that they want to try, they're going to go be a crazy person and go try CrossFit. Perfect. Let's, I will walk you through this. So I'm like, do you know what an air squat is? They'll say, no, I'm like, perfect. I'm going to break it down for everybody. Give me two yep. minutes. Uh, and what was your second one again? I was brainstorming and I had a, I had a pretty, pretty simple, at least a simple, no, no worries. Help somebody. The second one was demo. Just demo it first. Show it first. Don't talk about it. Show it first and then start describing it. I actually had a question for you for this one. That's right. What are your thoughts yeah. on having a demo athlete? 
So while you're, oh, yeah. I mean, so you, while, yeah, while you're, yeah. So while you're coaching, say, all right, guys, so this is going to be the snatch. I'm going to have Adrian come up here. He's going to demo yeah. snatch with PVC Piper, with an empty barbell, with whatever. Um, oh yeah. What, what I, think, I think it's a great strategy if, uh, especially because it can be really hard to instruct and perform the movement well at the same time. A lot of people have a really hard time doing that. Um, so if you're not super confident in your movement and your instruction and being able to separate those things out, then yeah, some, having somebody that can fill that gap is great. Especially if you know that they're going to be able to move really well and show exactly what you're looking at. Yeah. Demo athlete can be a huge help. Um, not necessary, but yeah, there's no reason not to do it. No, I agree. I'm a, yeah. I'm a, no, I'm a firm, but I asked you that, but I'm also, I'm a firm believer in a demo athlete for a couple of reasons. A, um, if, if you know that somebody's a better mover than you, but you know, but you are working on that, there's nothing wrong with that. And B it's, yep. I learned this. I want to set my level two. If not, I learned this at some point and it made a whole lot of sense. It's really hard to talk while you're moving Yeah, and you get exactly. out of breath. Yep. And <laughs> totally. I'm not, I'm not Chris Spieler. Like I'm not a games sure. athlete yeah. that can, that can talk and demo and do Fran and sub two minutes all at the same time. I will be yeah. out of breath. And well, so and it, it, it just comes down to attention units too. You know what I mean? Like every person can only process so much. And so if you're thinking about, okay, I got to keep my elbows up. I got to move well. And you're trying to think about what's my next, what am I going to say next? How do I want to approach this movement, you know, coming up? One of those things is going to get dropped. You know, you're not going to move as well as you could, or you're not going to have the best organization because you're focusing on your movement. So it's, it's really easy to just let one of those two things slide if you're taking on too much. So yeah, it's a great strategy. Yeah, I agree. So you've been on seminar staff for a while. How did you get the head judge role? Because now Adrian, the yeah. head judge, Boz, the head judge is, I think this is where the, the people that are around my age, the post 2010 CrossFitters, this is mostly where they know you from. Yeah. Um, so it all kind of happened around the same time. I, 2006 took my level one started coaching at a CrossFit gym, 2007, jumped in with the seminar team. Um, by 2008, I was a flow master, which in, in the level one kind of nomenclature just means that I was leading a team of, of uh, trainers. Um, and then at the games in 2008, I was there helping. Dave asked me, he's like, hey, you going to be there? I missed the 2007 games. And at the time, I mean, it was really, it's not that it was a non-event. It was just so small. You know, it was like, hey, we're going to do this thing. Cool. Oh, you're busy that weekend? No big deal. You know, it was just so small. Um, 2008 rolled around and I was thinking like, oh, I'm, I, 2007 looked really cool. I, I wish I would have been there. So I'm definitely not going to miss it this year. Show up for that. Uh, Dave puts me in charge of one of the workouts, uh, the station. It was a, a burpee deadlift workout. Um, and by the end of the uh, event, he was calling me his head judge. And um, it just kind of grew from there. So is really just assumed responsibility as the need arose. And in those days, that was how so many of us kind of fit into our role. There was no predetermined job title. There was no, you know, long-term plan for this is what we need. And these are the people we need to do it. It, it, it just kind of, it was very organic, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, as kind of cliche as that sounds, it, like it truly was. So yeah, it just started in 2008. And then every year since then, um, I've served in that role and, uh, and it's expanded until this year when I made the move from working in the education department, which used to be the training department is now up the education department. Um, 
I've moved full-time to the games team in uh, the end of January of 2021. So that's yeah. awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. What was again, that transition kind of like? Was, you know? Yeah. I, that's what I was about to ask you. How, you know, is it bittersweet? You know, is it, is it something sure. where if you had a free, I had a free weekend where you weren't doing anything, like if you wanted to throw the red shirt on for a day, like could you just reach out and show up or, or you know, how is that transition from out of, out of training into now the games? It's a great question. I'd like to think they'd still have me back. I don't know. We have to, uh, we'd have to try that one out, but um, yeah, it was tough because again, I'd been in, in that world for so long. And, you know, again, at that time, like I had a lot of different irons and a lot of different fires. So it wasn't that my work was exclusively with the training department. Obviously I helped out with the games and did some other projects here and there. Um, but it did get to that point again, where it's like, okay, I'm getting spread in all these different directions in order to really be effective. I'm going to have to start focusing. And so Dave approached me, uh, around Thanksgiving in 2021, uh, 2020 and said, Hey, you know, we're looking to build out the games team a little bit more, um, and the direction the company's going, people are going to have to focus a little bit more on specific roles. This is the role that we've got. We'd love for you to do it. What do you think? And uh, said, hey, give me a day or two to think about it. And, and I did. And I, I thought, I, you know, I just can't, can't not see where that goes. Um, but it was tough to step away from some of the people I've worked so closely with for the past decade plus, you know, not an easy choice to, to make. And uh, it, the nice thing is that everybody's still right there. You know what I mean? Like they're only an email or a text away and everybody's super friendly about that. And I still see a lot of them you know, when we do get the chance to get together for work stuff or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a hard thing to do uh, just because that teamsmanship was so strong with that crew. Yeah, that's awesome. So real, real quick, if you, if you were to go to a level one this weekend, no prep, what's the, <laughs> what's the, what's the, what's the one piece that you know you could nail? No, like no hesitation. Oh man. One of the I mean, lectures, one of the movements. I, uh, you know, most of it, to be honest, like I did it for so long. Um, and I, I'd like to think I was pretty good at it. So I think most of it, uh, what is CrossFit? I think I could step up and give that right now. <laughs> no problem. All right. I'm going to have to have you on the show. I'm going to have to yeah. have you back on the show and we're just going to, we're just going to go through it. I'll bust out my level one guide. Back and go word <laughs> I <for> love word. <laughs> it. <laughs> we could do a live, a live level one with me. Just yeah, that's cuff. right. <laughs> oh, please. I would love it. Oh my gosh. So many knowledge bombs. So uh, that's awesome. So you're full-time with the games as the head judge yep. and full-time with the games. I, if anybody watched the new, one of the new miles to Madison's, they, you know, they kind of talked about how the, the judging process the or the the video review process goes yeah from yep. my not i'm not gonna say my experience because i've never literally i've never had to submit a video quite frankly i'm that's fine um but uh i feel like with the amount of time that the athletes have to submit it by the time that they get their results back if they have such a, a big enough point deduction i don't is the, is the, is the video review team, is it at a point to where somebody could submit a video that night that they do it and they get feedback back within the next couple of days for in time for a redo? Like, does that happen? Or is that just, are you guys not there yet? Or what's, it, it depends I, I'm, on, gen, I'm curious because like, this yeah, is from the outside yeah. in. No, that's a good question. And that's something that I think that we need to be better about moving forward is talking about things like this so that you know, people understand the process, especially when it's a virtual competition. I think it's really easy for the athlete to feel like they're kind of on their own island because they don't see anybody else competing necessarily. 
Um, if they do get a penalty or they get, you know, communication from us for whatever reason, I think it's easy to feel singled out because again, you don't see anybody else having that treatment because you can't. Um, so all that to say, yeah, I think it's good that we, we talk about this kind of thing. Um, to get your question, it really depends on the, the season stage that we're in. You know, when we're in the open and you've got such a big window, it's likely that if you submit something early and it's no good, that you'll have feedback given to you with enough time to redo it. That's, that's pretty okay in the open. And something that, again, it depends on how close to the deadline you're submitting. But if you do it early and you get it in, yes, you should probably expect a response before that window closes if you want to redo it. A lot of people don't do that though. They wait right until the last minute and then they say, wow, I wish I had more time to know that I did something wrong. It's like, well, <laughs> you weren't doing yourself any favors by riding right up to the line. So that stage of competition is a little bit unique. When we get into things like quarterfinals and semifinals where the windows to submit are much tighter and especially with quarterfinals, the, the volume of athletes is still significant. You know, we're still talking about thousands of athletes. What was it so, this year's top, the top 7,000? It was a uh, 10%. So it was well, for the men, for the men, I believe it was top for men worldwide. It was top 7,000. I don't, I can't remember what it was right. for the women, but yeah, yeah. top 10% it's, of the world. A little bit less than that. Yeah, exactly. So it's lots of athletes, right? A lot of submissions coming in. Um, and so for that reason, it's, it's not possible for us to get through everybody's video during the submission window. And so we always take the stance that if it's not possible to do it across the board, we won't do it for an individual. So for example, you Brady submit a video to me. We have a 24 hour submission window or whatever it is for that stage of competition. We will not give you feedback on that with enough time to do a review because the other person that gets in there a little bit behind you, even if they did it with enough time to conceivably do something and our team just wasn't able to process through all of the queue to get to you at a time. And therefore you didn't get the opportunity to do a redo, but somebody else did. That's not fair for the competition. So we take the all or nothing approach. So for that reason, it's like, if you're going to get a penalty, if you're going to get something uh, marked against you, it's going to happen after the opportunity to resubmit. So all the more reason to try to do it right the first time. Yeah, that makes sense. And too, you know, now that we're just kind of, now that we're kind of talking and I'm thinking out loud, um, especially with the quarterfinals too, I, I think that here for the foreseeable, for the foreseeable, for the foreseeable future, I think the open is going to be slightly more basic quote unquote, you know, with just with more friendly movements up in the, you know, the, this year obviously was still a little bit of an outlier, but I still think, I think the format will be three weeks. You're probably listening to this thinking I'm dead wrong, but I think for the, for the future, <laughs> my, my, my lips are sealed. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I know. But from my opinion, I think we'll still see three weeks for the open workouts. One and two will be slightly more simple, you know, maybe one or two movements that are very easy to judge easier, even on a camera. Yeah. Third week, we'll probably get more CrossFit-y, you know, like this year with bar is, you know, front squats and then gymnastics going up in, um, going up in movement and then a lift. And then quarterfinals is straight CrossFit movements. You know, we have pistols, rope climbs, yeah. GHGs, movements that people want to go so fast and because they want to make it to the semis. I think that's going to be a little bit harder to judge too. So I feel like on y'all's team, you do need, if I had to assume maybe a little bit more time to review their videos as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, not so much on an individual level. It's really just the volume. There's just mm -hmm. so many athletes competing in that. And, you know, the stakes are higher. It's just a smaller number that get to progress. So you really want to make sure that you've got the right people uh, at the end of that process. 
It's funny though, you mentioned that Miles to Madison. I, I saw that uh, episode. They sent me um, like a preview of it before it aired, which was cool. And um, my only criticism was, I was like, man, it really looks like it's just me and Dave Eubanks in a room reviewing all of these <laughs> I, videos. I thought <laughs> the same thing. And I, I immediately <laughs> thought to myself again, I was like, there's no way it's just two people. No, there's it's, no it's way. It's definitely not. So <laughs> we have like a whole process. You know, there's a, there's a, a, a global team that helps us out with this process every year. And, you know, there's, there's a bunch of judges that are watching those videos. They have a lead. And so if there's a problem with a video or something that's unclear, those videos get flagged and kicked up to the leads. If those leads can't resolve it, it's still unclear to them, then they'll kick it up to us. So there's a multi-layer review process. And so by the time Dave Eubanks and I are seeing a video, it's already been reviewed two or three times. And now it's just really dialing in. Do we all agree on what the outcome needs to be for that particular video? Awesome. Yeah. That was always one of the things that I, that I never knew was I always wondered, not that I, not that I thought that there were two people reviewing thousands of people's videos, more so just, the, just the, just <laughs> yeah. the concept of, I feel like I've always felt like there's needed to be more people reviewing it. Or just like I said yeah. earlier, like yeah. it, these athletes need to get it back sooner because if they have time to redo sure. it for the open too, it would, you know, that's, that's fair, but okay, cool. Like that, I mean, I, I wanted to ask you that because I've always wanted this insight yeah. from somebody on, the inside like that, like you guys are yeah. the, the review people. So that's awesome. Uh, well, look, Boz, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, what's one little piece of motivation or nugget for a young trainer who wants to, who wants to make it in this world in CrossFit? I'm one of those guys, um, you know, I want to make a career out of this, whether it's owning an affiliate or coaching, but whatever somebody, yeah, some right on. young 18, 19 year old kid want, they want to make this their, their thing. Um, what's a, what's a good piece of advice for them? Oh man, I got so many. I mean, um, number one, keep it fun, you know, recognize the fact that you are attracted to this thing for whatever reason. And in the mix there somewhere is because you genuinely enjoy it. So it has to be that for whoever you're going to introduce it to. You know, I think sometimes people get so technical or they get so uh, wrapped up in quote, the correct way I have to do something. And yeah, you can refine those skills and make them better. Sure. But at the same time, you can really suck the life out of something by being too focused on those things exclusively. So remember that there's something in there that drew you to it that was fun and enjoyable, and that has to be transmitted forward. Um, recognize the impact that you have on people. Like, you know, we talked about Matt Chan earlier. Uh, Matt's wife, Cherie, who's awesome, she used to say all the time, she's like, yeah, CrossFit can change your life if you let it. You know, and so if, if you have people that are willing to come to you and, and be in front of you, like that is such a big step recognize that you really can offer them something remarkable. And uh, I think when you're younger, it's, it's sometimes the gravity of that doesn't hit you quite as hard. You know, like you get a little bit older and you're like, oh, wow, that was a, that was a big deal that this person stepped in here and like made a life change and stuck with it as long as they did. So yeah, recognize the impact you can have on people. And then um, I guess just keep the long view in mind, you know, like I think being really good at CrossFit is going to take time. There's so many skills to get good at. And I'm talking like on the athletic end, right? You have to have so many different disciplines that you're comfortable with. And if you're on the coaching end of that, it's no different. It's like, you have to be so good at introducing people to such a range of activity that that skill set is going to take time. So don't worry if you're still struggling with some pieces here and there, it's okay. You know, like the, the big part is, are you showing up every day and, and is it still passionate? 
Are, are you still interested in, in putting that foot forward every day? And if so, you'll get there. Uh, so don't get discouraged if it doesn't happen right away. Man, I, I'm going to go back and re-listen to this I'm gonna, and I'm writing this down. That's, that's gold. <laughs> right on me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Boz, thank you so much for taking this time out of your day to talk to me. I really appreciate oh, my it. Pleasure. Uh, it was, yeah. I had a blast. I'm definitely going to have to have you back on the show. And like I said, maybe the next time we'll go live and we can have, we can have a level one. Ah, yeah, that sounds good, man. I don't know if we got quite that amount of time. You got 16 hours, but, uh, but we can, <laughs> we'll, we'll be we'll fine. We're, we're, we'll be fine. We'll, we can do a fine. cliff notes version. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, absolutely. What, te- what, 10 minutes, seg- what, 10 minute segments yeah. or something. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Boz, you have a wonderful rest of your week guys. Remember, give it, give it a like, give it a share, give it, give it a five-star review. That was Boz guys. We're signing off.